those things. As we move into the message this morning, we're going to actually, this kind of mini-series is kind of going to go into that. Uh, we're going to use this series as kind of a springboard into the 28th, but um, there's going to be times where you need to understand this. If you haven't already, there's going to be times where I am preaching to myself. Over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be preaching to myself. And if you love me and care for me, which I hope that you do, even if you feel like this is not for you by the way it is, uh, you'll understand that there's going to be times where God is going to use myself to preach to myself because I need to understand this stuff as well. And what's so cool about God, because he's so big and awesome and great, is when I do this, it never only covers me, it covers everybody, because God's word is true and good and right. And so we have to understand that. So please get this as I share these things with you. These are things that I need for me, because I am an open book, and you know that, and you're going to get to know that even more as we continue. But the title of the message that we're going to be talking about is Assurances Down by the River. We're going to be in Joshua, the first chapter. Now, over the next couple weeks, we're going to go through not just verses 1 and 5, we're going to go through also through 6 and 9, but today we're going to focus in on Joshua 1, 1 through 5. So if you have your Bibles, that's great. You can look with me. If not, it's up on the screen. Here's what it says. It says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses his assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Gotta love the bluntness sometimes. <laughs> Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites across the Jordan River, into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you from Navan to the wilderness, uh, the, the Nagan, I actually went online this week to understand how to pronounce this word, and I still butchered it. So, we're going to move on. From the wilderness in the south, through the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Let's pray. Father, I need you right now. Father, anoint the words. Do what only you can do. We need you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to give you a little background here in this story as we continue. Because basically one of the things I really enjoy doing, um, and I would encourage you to do this, because sometimes what we can do with Bible characters is we make them marble statues. We, we, we read what the scripture says, which is good, but we forget that these guys were human beings. These, these gals were human beings with human emotions that dealt with all this stuff. And one of the things I want to do over the next couple of weeks is begin to kind of break away the chiseled statue of Joshua and begin to really look at the humanity of the man. Use the scripture to kind of figure out what God was doing, why God was doing it. Because here's the situation I believe that we see, because we see it also in Deuteronomy and then moving into Joshua. Joshua, although he was a great man of God, had some problems, had some issues, had some things that he was dealing with. And in this portion of scripture, we, we think about it and we think about what has happened. Joshua has been Moses' assistant. He has been following jo or Moses. He's been learning from Moses. And now all of a sudden, guess what's happened? Moses is gone. We even see in the scripture how interesting it is because God even specifically says, guess what? Moses is dead. Joshua knew that. But God is speaking something very important here. Moses is dead. And then he begins to share some things. And we're going to go over those things in the next couple of weeks. But what I really believe is going on here is God is beginning to assure Joshua. 
He's beginning to meet a need that maybe even Joshua doesn't even know he has. Because here's what I believe very, very strongly. We as a church and we as individuals are in this place. I truly believe this with all my heart. We are standing on the river. We are looking into the... Pro- we are not in the promised land yet. We are at the river. We are looking towards the promised land. And we're doing these sort of things. Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Oh my goodness, Moses is dead. Oh my goodness, what... And, and, and we're scared. We're fearful. We know what God's called us to do. We know that God has great things. We know a promised land is coming, but at the same time, we are human beings, and most human beings have this issue where we look at things and we go, God, that's too big. How can we do this? How can we be a part of what you want to do? And so we begin to do this. We begin to scoot back. And please know the thing being behind me. Okay, good. And we begin to scoot back. And we begin to, and, and what's interesting is as Joshua is called to this, we begin to see some very, very interesting things that God begins to do in his life to assure him that everything's going to be okay, that God's got it, that God is in control, and we need this. We need this as a church. We need this as individuals. Because listen, you need to understand something. I, you know, remember I told you planning and things are coming? I'm going to be starting to come to you guys. And I'm going to be asking you to do things that I promise you, you are going to go, no way, not me. And I'm going to say, yes, you. And you're going to go, no. And you're going to start doing Joshua things. And you're going to start backing up. And I'm going to say, do you remember what I told you at the beginning of the year? And you're going to say, no. And I'm going to say, I'll get you the CD to remind you. Because there's some important things coming. There's some major stuff coming. Folks, listen to me. Hear my heart. The promised land's right there. And yeah, there's a river in the way. And yeah, there's going to be battles to fight. But the promised land is right there. Listen to me and hear my heart. I am not going to stand on this side of the river and miss that land that God has for us. And I'll be honest with you, and I love you as everything I can. If you want to stay on this side of the river, you may do so, but we're going. We are going. Because there's a land over there flowing with milk and honey that's going to change lives and change this community. And you better understand that. If you want to sit over here, that's between you and God. We're going. But with that, God knows that we're going to need some assurances. God knows that he's going to have to deal with that fear and that doubt and that self-questioning that is a part of this. But let's, let's start with this. First one, God assures Joshua by his selection. God assures Joshua by his selection. Look at Joshua 1, verses 1 and 2, uh, verse A. It says this, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, and he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore... The time has come for you to lead these people. You. Let me help you understand something. God has selected you to do something great. God has chosen you. And trust me on this. God knows what he is doing. 
One time, there's times where I will counsel uh, with, with parents, especially as a youth pastor. And I have par- kids or, or parents walk into my office just like deer in the headlights going, what do we do? How do we handle this? My kid's doing this. My kid's doing that. How do we? Blah, 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 blah. And, and one of the things I always just said to them was this. God chose you to be that kid's parent. He chose you. He didn't. Get, you know, sometimes we have this thought with God for some strange reason. They basically, God took a bunch of names, threw them into a jar. God went like this. Aaron, okay. John, okay. No. No. God chose you. And God knows what he's doing. God knows that you have the ability to do what he's called you to do with his help. He knows, you know, some of you go, oh, but my kid, you don't know my kid. I say, yeah, you're right, but God does. There is something that we need to grab a hold of when we understand that God, out of all humanity, chose you to do that. I love this because in this scripture, basically we see this, this situation where God basically says, there was a time where I chose Moses. There was a moment where Moses was who I chose. Now Moses is dead. I choose you. Man, that's cool. Because think about how we are as human beings. What do we like to, what is a great fear of elementary school? At least when I was in elementary school, one of the great fears, fears was, okay, we're going to divide up now into teams. I actually saw some grimaces. That's great. I actually saw like, oh, yeah. And so we're going to do that in teams. We have our two team captains. And now what are we going to do? We're going to select teams. And I know things have gotten a little more cushy, you know, and so now I think they just do like the one, two, one, two, one, two, or whatever. Or they'll do a, if your birthday is an even day or an odd day, you know, you're over here. But when I was a kid, we were harsh on children, obviously. We, listen, listen, listen. We rode bikes without helmets. And there weren't dead children all over the road. Somehow, miraculously. You know, we've had it rough. And I know some of you were like, yeah, you know. And, and now I'm, I'm thinking probably the walking to school uphill both ways in the snow in July. You know, kind of stuff. But, it, you know, we had it rough. And we would pick teams. And, you know, you, you remember that? And so you had the team captains. And let's be honest. How awesome did it feel when somebody looked at you and said, I want you. It didn't matter what it was. You know, you're playing football, you're playing basketball, you're playing tiddlywinks. It did not matter. I want you. Do you realize that the God who knows everything, the God, and I love saying this, the God that spoke and the world came into existence. You, you, you realize that God didn't sit there and go, I'm going to make the earth. God said, Light. That God chose you. Now, I want you to understand something. I don't care if you've been saved a week. I don't care if you've been saved 180 years. If that doesn't leap something up inside of you, I'm going to be real honest with you, you need to get a heart check. I'm serious. I'm serious. There needs to be a little bit of, oh, my goodness. Because I'll say this. If that doesn't make your heart leap, you don't understand who you are. You don't understand who God is. Because to think... God selected you. You go, but Aaron, well, oh, that's easy for you, or that's easy for the board, or that's easy for the... No, 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 no. God selected you. You think that you're here by accident? Oh, isn't that cute? Oh, bless your heart. 
You think that God just was like, draw the name out? I want this person to come to this church, and I want this person to do this. You think that's God? Oh, no. No, God's plan is perfect. His plan is good. And he sat there, and he was like, oh, this person right here. This will be my puzzle piece right here. And then this person's going to be right here. And this person, you have been selected. God, in his infinite wisdom, said, you. I want you. I desire you to do this. And there is something about that. Listen, uh, it, through the next couple of weeks, you're going to get, a, you're gonna get a, a real big dose of Aaron going like this. Okay? And you're going to be a... And you may go, oh, I don't like that. Well, I'm sorry. This is who I am. And I'm going to pull it back. There are times in the last two and a half months where I've been scared to death. I've gone, God, what have you, what are you doing? Well, God, you know, it's like one of those things you pray about. Like, God, I'm, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And God's like, okay, here you go. And then you're like, God, why did you do this? Why did you listen to me? You know, but there is something amazing that God does when he says, Aaron, I know your faults. I know the stuff you have to grow in. I know the stuff you don't do well in. I know that. And all that aside, I still chose you. Do you think you're different? Do you think because I have a pastor in front of my name that God looks at me different? Oh, no, 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 no. God chose you. God selected you. And there are going to be things coming. And God wants to assure you moving forward, I know what I'm doing, and I chose you to lead these people across the river. And that's beautiful. And that's amazing. Next, God assures Joshua with his promises. Look at Joshua 1 and 3. It says, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. Listen to me. Hear my heart on this. I think the church and Christians need to start getting a better grasp on the promises of God. You think, you think that that would be easy for us. You would think that we'd be able to go, if God said it, it's done. But you know, we don't live that way. We don't live that way. God will say something. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Wherever you put your foot, it'll be yours. And then you know what we do? Did God really mean that? Or, or this is a good one. God doesn't mean that for me. I do that a lot. I have no problem. You come to me and you say, Aaron, I need you to pray that, that God would show up, part the seas, do all that I will I will believe that and pray for that with all earnesty. But if I think that God would literally look at me, I have a hard time sometimes. I have a hard time sometimes. I believe God all for you. But sometimes it's hard to believe, as silly as it sounds, that God would do that for me. And the truth is, He will and He does because His truth and His promises are good forever and ever and ever. Listen, do not put humanity on God. You say, but someone else has lied to me. Someone else didn't keep their promises. That's right, they did, because they're not God. Because they're not going to be able to do that. Don't do that. God is different. When God says it, it's done. And when God said to Joshua, wherever you set foot will be land, he actually meant it. You know why? Because if you go and you study Joshua, guess what happened? Wherever they set their foot, God gave it to them. Listen, and I mean this really seriously, because I just feel this in my heart right now. There have been some promises that God has made you 
that have been left dormant in your heart and in your lives, some of you for a very, very long time. And it is time with both hands to grab a hold of those promises again. Okay? It's time to grab a hold of them. Because when God has said it, it will be done. Period. Done. And that is so easy for me to say because I believe God when he says it. I believe that God has given us promises and we are going to grab a hold of those promises. We are going to grab a hold of them with a death grip that will not be shaken. And we won't let go. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care if we don't see it the right way in the right time. Remember, Joshua doesn't just leave here and walk into the promised land. There's still battles to be fought. There's still rivers to cross. There's still stuff. But one of the things he did was he never let go of that promise. He held it tight. Listen, when God gives us something, even though sometimes it's hard, even though sometimes it is difficult, we grab a hold of it and we do not let go. Because it's good and it's true and it's right. The final thing. God assures Joshua by desiring partnership. Look at this. Verse 3b and then we're going to jump to verse 5. It says, wherever you set foot will be on land I have given you. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you. Or abandon you. God has chosen for reasons that I cannot understand to partner with us in this. To partner with Joshua. Listen, this Joshua, this is God. God came in like, okay, Joshua, here we are. We're at the river. Moses is dead. We're going to enter in the promised land. You ready? Okay, here we go. There's a bunch of people there that don't belong there. I'm going to drive them out. Ready? Here we go. On three. One, two, three. Ta-da. Go on in. He doesn't. He partners with him. The reason I put in verse 3 was because I love the fact that he says, listen, wherever you walk, I'll give it. So there's a partnership here. There's an understanding that as Joshua walks in God's word, walks in God's promises, walks in God's direction, that every step he takes, God's going to do his part. Listen, if we will do our part, God will always be faithful to do his part. Always. We may not understand his ways. We may not understand how he does it. We may not even understand when he does it. But God will always do his part. And he has chosen to partner with us in that. Listen, listen, God wants us to be a part of what he's doing. There is no expiration date. There is no I'm done. There is no I'm finished. There's no I've done my part. God wants you to partner with him until you be with him. Until he brings you home. When he brings you home, you're done. But not yet. God wants a partnership. God wants to speak to you. God wants to lead you. God wants to direct you. And God wants you to understand that he will be with you. Listen, the reason why no one is going to stand against Joshua for as long as Joshua lives is not because Joshua is so smart, not because Joshua is a good leader, not because Joshua is a great military mind. It's because God is going to be with him. So whatever we do, 
Whatever we strive for, whatever God is doing in us, we can know that he is going to partner with us and he is going to do it. Not us. Listen, what, what I find at times in people's lives is, is we get this thought like, it's almost, yeah, well, it kind of is. It's, it's just like guilt and shame. It's almost, you know, it, it's, it's a pressure. It's this pressure that says, I have to do A, B, C, and D, or, or, or this person didn't get saved, or this isn't going to happen, or, or the church isn't going to grow, or, or they're going to do this. Or that. You, you know what? We, guilt and shame were crucified on the cross. Okay? If you're walking around with guilt and shame and condemnation, you need to let it go because therefore there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. None. He wants to partner with us. He wants to do... Listen, listen. you need to hear this. Understand this. I have no desire to do in this place what we can do on our own. That is crazy talk. I want what God can do. I want, a desire. I want us to not have this thought of going, well, we can maybe do this. I want us to go, wow, that's great. Sure we could. And God can do that. Oh, that's funny. No, seriously. Knock the wall down. Keep going. Because if you don't see God going through the wall, God's too small. God's too small. You put him in this little box. You say, God can only use me in this way, in this, in this time, in this situation. No. 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 And until we can get to the point where we're getting through a wall, we're not going to be living up to what all God has for you and me and us. And that's beautiful. Guys, that's beautiful. I mean, God knows in this moment, he knows exactly what Joshua needs. And he is meeting that need in a way that only God can meet it. Now, what if Joshua said, God, you can only meet my need this way. God, you can only work to me in this way. God would be hindered. Not because God is hindered, but because God will not force himself on us. God will not say, you are going to do this whether you like it or not. He lets us be a partner with him in that. So the question is, are you going to partner with God or not? The question becomes, are you going to partner with only what you can see as manageable? Or are you going to dream a little bit with God? Listen to me and hear me, because I just did it and I didn't even mean to, but it happened and God's cool like this. When I got here and I brought, you guys voted me in because you didn't know me very well. When that happened, I told you before we left, I said, you better get ready to run. Remember? I told you that. Do you think I was lying to you? Listen, I hope, and if you haven't, you can start now. It's cool, okay? Okay? It's, oh, listen, listen. Oh, here, this is great. See, this is how God works. It's the beginning of the year. What do we do at the beginning of the year? I'm going to run 10 miles a day, and I'm not going to eat anything that has anything in it besides vegetables. And, you know, and then and what do we do? Two weeks later, give me that meat, you know. Run. Uh, I did a sit-up today. How'd you do it? I sat up in bed, and I sat back down. One sit-up. There you go. That's what we do. This is the time for resolutions. Listen, if you haven't started running yet, if you haven't begun your training, it's time. How do I train, Aaron? How do I do that? You spend time with God every day. You, 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 you get in his word and you, you don't just, listen, you don't just go, okay, I'm going to read for five minutes, blah, 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 blah. I got to do that later, blah, 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 blah. You study it. You, you, you digest it. You chew on it. 
You let God speak to you. You let God change you. It is time to run. And you're not going to just all of a sudden just stop and you haven't run for 10 years and all of a sudden run a marathon. But you've got to start someplace. And we're going to run. We're not going to sit back. And listen, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be scary. There's going to be moments where you are not going to have any idea what you're doing and you're going to put your arm around me and you're going to say, Aaron, I love you. And God is going to use you to minister to me because you already have in so many ways. And we're going to enter the promised land. And people's lives are going to be changed. And people that aren't on their way to be with Jesus for eternity are going to start coming with us. Is it going to be easy? No. Are there going to be battles? Absolutely. Are there going to be fights? Oh, Lord, yes. Are there going to be rivers to cross? But God has chosen us. God has promised us. And God is partnering with us. Folks, he will not fail us or abandon us. He will not fail you. He will not abandon you. Because I believe this is more than just a church moving forward. This is, this is things that God is birthing in your heart. You're, there are going to be knocks on my door, and it's going to be, hey, Aaron, hey, I feel like God is birthing this ministry in my life. And I'm going to go, oh, that's so cool. Or, or I think Aaron was, I think God wants to lead us in this direction. Or I think this is, and we're going to, oh, it's going to be so good. And you're going to have those moments where God's going to need to assure you. God's going to need to come, and God will. If the musicians will come up to the front, we're going to close. Oh, man. Thank you, Lord. You ever been in that place where, well, I'll just close with this story. I'll set that there. Is that okay, John? I remember when I was a kid. I had just... Um, I just got into youth group. So um, when I was a kid, youth group was about seventh grade or so. And, and we had a place in Kansas City, still there. It's called Worlds of Fun. And basically, it's a theme park. It's not a theme park. It's, well, yeah, it's kind of like a theme park without, without Mickey, you know. So they had rides and, or like a, you know, like a uh, Six Flags, okay? You get what I'm saying? Kind of one of those things. And so I just turned, basically, I think it just had my birthday. So I was probably just either 12 or 13. I can't remember. And they had all these big roller coasters in it Worlds of Fun. And I remember I had made this decision. I wanted to ride roller coaster Worlds of Fun. And I did not say like the big one, like it was the small one, you know, but it was still a big roller coaster to a, you know, a kid. It was called the Zambi Z Zinger. And you start and you go around the circle, you go all the way up, and then you'd start. I remember as a kid getting in line to go on the Zambezi Zinger. And I had this, this, these emotions that were going through my head were, 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 were one of absolute, complete terror and excitement. Like I was going to do it, but scared to death to do it. 
remember the closer I got, those feelings just got bigger. It got bigger. It got bigger. I remember getting on the ride, you know, and then you get kind of latched in, and now you cannot escape, you know. <laughs> That's where they latch you in. You, know, you think it's a safety thing, you know, but no, they're like, no, we don't have time to get you out of this car now. You are, you are now locked into place. Yeah, you can't turn back. And, and so they lock me in, and my heart is just, I mean, if you could, I, I could just imagine this as my heart's just literally, like you can see it coming out of my shirt. Terror, excitement. And then, of course, because they're horrible, terrible people that design roller coasters, you begin this slow ascent. And every circle, it's a little bit more. It's a little bit more. And so you get to about the top, and you're just about ready to we go down, the fear is going to dissipate. The excitement's going to come. There's going to be a whoosh, and there's going to be a movement, and it's going to be an uncontainable joy and an uncontainable moment. I know it's scary. I know you may be sitting there going, what has this guy got planned? wild. It's going to be full of him. So will you pray with me? I'll have John and the guys come and lead us in a closing song in just a minute, but, but right now, let's just quiet our hearts. And listen, this is not a time for me to pray and you to sit. This is a time that we pray together because God hears us. God hears a cry of our heart. And just like Joshua, God is here. He is present. And he wants to burn these assurances in because there will be times of struggle. There will be times of battle. There will be times. But we have to remember, wherever we set our foot, God will give it. Whatever we ask in his name, he will do promises. And he's chosen us all. Chosen every one of us to be a part of this amazing thing. So pray with me right now. Father, you are so good. And I love that, that, that you assure Joshua there wasn't this moment that's recorded where Joshua cries out to you, but at the same time, we can see in, from Deuteronomy when, when Moses begins to speak into him and then you begin to speak into him. You can just feel this hesitancy. You can just feel this fear. You can just feel this, God, can I really do it? He just followed up Moses. I mean, you want to talk about a hard act to follow, but Jesus... The Lord speaks to him and says very clearly, Moses is gone. Moses is dead. We honor the past, but we don't live in it. 
We love the past, but we don't let it control our destiny and our future. And you were very clear, Moses is gone. Moses is dead. My servant is dead. But now I've chosen you. And Father, I pray that you would begin to burn, and I literally mean burn, into the souls of our hearts these things. Because God, you knew what Joshua was going to face. You knew the difficulty. You knew the battles ahead. You knew the the Jordan rivers that were going to have to be crossed. And so before that journey began, before those moments began to take place, you took him aside, you started it off, and you assured him. And that is what you are doing with us. As a body of believers, as a community of Christ, you are burning things in our hearts so that when the road gets long and we're tired, when the battle is raging all around us, even when there is sin in the camp, your promises are still true. You have still selected us and you still desire a partnership with us, even with our faults, even with the things we don't do well. And so Father, right now, God, I pray for myself. I pray for every person within the sound of my voice that, Father, they would grab a hold of these things and never let them go. With wild abandonment, with a reckless abandonment, that they would say, it does not matter what comes or what happens, I will hold on to the assurances that God has given me through his word. And I will not let go. I will not let go. Father, we need some Jacobs in our midst that say, I will not let go until you bless me. I will not let go. No matter what I face, no matter if my hip gets out of joint or not, I won't let go. So Father, right now, help us to make that commitment. Help us to make that desire true. Burn it in us, God. We love you and I thank you for you are good. You are a good father that knows what we need. And we welcome you to always, always bring these reassurances to mind. You're so good and we love you. In Jesus' name. Let's all stand. We'll have the worship team come and lead us in a closing song. Thank you, Father. You're so good. You're so mighty and strong.